0: Stay tuned till the end of the episode. I have a special announcement for you. How does financial independence fit with entrepreneurship? Is entrepreneurship and startup and side hustles a good tool to get you to financial independence? Does it actually make a difference? Will it actually increase your income and get you there faster? Or is it the answer to what you do with your life after you've got to financial independence. Or as my wife would scream out, is it not binary and maybe it's a bit of both. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So I've been very excited about doing this episode for a long time because I have with me my friend, Brad Barrett from Choose FI. Welcome to the show, Brad.
1: Alan, I am so happy to be here. This should be a lot of fun. I've been
0: looking forward to this and I do want to say right at the start, the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast would not be here without Brad and Jonathan from Choose FI. They uh, asked me to create it. They are the reason this whole podcast is here for you. So uh, take a moment. Thank you, Mr. Brad Barrett, for making all of this happen.
1: Well, that's incredibly, incredibly kind. You're the one who made it happen. Let's be entirely clear. But uh, the podcast is amazing. You know, we we love you. You're one of our uh, the best friends of our show, of, you know, me and Jonathan. So thank you for everything.
0: No, thank you. <laughs> Self-appreciation society <laughs> this afternoon. All around, uh, <laughs> all around. All right. So moving on quickly. Um when did you learn about financial independence, Brad? When was the inciting moment in your story?
1: Yeah. It, you know, it, it's hard looking back and, and trying to, like, piece it together precisely because there's the time when I found out about the financial independence movement, let's say, or it was probably even predating that, but Mr. Money Mustache, right? There was That was when I learned there were other people like me, I guess, <laughs> but... As you can tell by that answer, I was kind of living this life for many years before I was aware of of Pete or Jim Collins or or anyone in in the Phi movement. So, you know, I think I think I was a natural saver. My wife Laura is a natural saver, and you know, ultimately we were we were living this life in a high cost of living area. So we grew up. Right outside of New York City in the Long Island suburbs. And we're both CPAs. We made a you know a nice living and there certainly was, was potential. So we knew we could make a life there, but we realized that wasn't the life we were looking for and that there was a way to kind of opt out in a sense of what the rat race, what everybody else was doing, the keeping up with the Joneses, all of that stuff, all of those cliches, right, Alan? And mm-hmm. There was a way to do this on our terms. And I think there were a couple precipitating moments looking back when I was 22, 23, and I was working at one of the biggest accounting firms in the world. And, you know, just these couple, two or three little moments where I remember vividly it during tax season, right? It's 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning. And I'm there, literally, this is in the olden days, where like, quite literally stapling tax returns to mail them out. <laughs> and, and the partner who, you know, in theory, how they get suckers like me, you know, the junior associates to work 60, 70, 8 hours a week is, is that carrot of, the oh, you could become a partner someday, right? Yeah. You could make half a million dollars or a million dollars, whatever it is. Well, that partner was there stapling tax returns with me at 2am. So you're kidding to get it done. I kid you not. And if that was the life that I was looking forward to, twenty years hence, that wasn't that wasn't a, a life I wanted to <laughs> sign up for, right? And so, you know, little moments like that, realizing that, oh wow, you mean I just had every summer off since I was five years old, and now I'll be lucky to take nine calendar days of vacation off in a row here in the U.S., <sighs> right? Like you think about these things, and like for 40 years. I don't want to sign up for that. And, and the real precipitating moment was my accounting firm was Arthur Anderson at the time, which was the biggest and most well-known accounting firm in the world. And within nine months of me starting there, it imploded due to the the Enron scandal, which is kind of ancient history at this point or a a historical event. But for me, that was front and center. And I realized this is very impermanent, Mm -hmm. right? And Even though all these people had worked their entire careers and thought they had it made, they were senior managers or, or partners at Arthur Anderson, it could go away in an instant when you spend all your money, right? So yeah, it was those three things that were kind of these random little items that came up to me in that first, really the first 18 months of working that that changed the whole course of, man, I have to do something different. I have to figure this out.
0: I love that. So set you on this task of like, I have to figure something out. I have to do something different. When or where did side hustles come into this? Because I don't think many people realize, and this is not your stereotypical accountant who uh, goes and starts businesses on the side and learns all this stuff. Um, you're not normal, Brad. Uh,
1: well, yes, we all know I am very much not normal at all. I think, <laughs> I think you mean that nicely. So I will take that as a compliment. It's an intended. absolute compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's funny growing up, I don't think I was entrepreneurial necessarily, but, but something shifted in my early to mid 20s where I, I think it really was reading Tim Ferriss's four hour work week mm. that very first time and just saying, oh, wow, this, this, it was just a game changer for me. I know, again, it's a cliche, but like that is a was different a way to live. Yeah, yeah, it was a totally different way to live. And like, I could do this. And, and the cool thing I think about kind of mid 2000 circa building websites. and, And even today is you can do most of this stuff so inexpensively that if you want to learn, if you want to test, if you want to iterate, you can just try. And like, to me, it was okay. I can learn new skills. I can test things out. I can see how it works. I can use what I think is is some reasonably decent intellect and and hard work, and see and give it a go as you would say, right? And and just see what happens. And I it was funny because as I was reading that book, I realized that a buddy of mine, and again, this is like very early internet, like mid mid two thousands, and he had a drop shipping site, which is exactly what Tim Ferriss talked about it, in yeah. the four hour work week, right? And my friend was selling printer ink cartridges so you know how expensive like ink cartridges are he was able to sell like remanufactured ink cartridges and he had this really thriving business so i convinced him i'm not sure how still to this day but (laughs) to kind of go into business with me and we wound up starting i kid you not we bought a site off of i don't think this i think this uh marketplace got purchased since then. It still exists in some format, but it was called Flippa, Uh, F-L-I-P-P-A. It probably redirects to wherever the the current marketplace is, but we bought a website called (laughs) 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 firewood-rack.net. Yeah, the audience could see you cracking up right now. Um, For, I still remember, Alan, $512, $512 US dollars. And We were dropshipping firewood storage racks. I love it. It was wild. And, you know, I had never, I joke, I've never at that point in my life lit a fire in my entire (laughs) life. Ever, not once. So why did you choose firewood storage racks out of everything in the world that you could possibly choose? I know. It sounds insane. It was, this site was built. They already had the relationship with the manufacturer and the dropshipper. shipper. And it Uh, seemed like they just needed some SEO basically and some like refurbishing of the site. And we just said, all right, let's, let's see what happens. And I I think this is actually indicative of a lot of these early entrepreneurial journeys or uh, items for me. I had a bunch of these websites and I'll I'll talk about them in a minute, not in excruciating detail because they all, they all do kind of tie in, but a lot of it back then was, was like, kind of gray hat seo they call it like yes doing things that weren't exactly above board for google but everybody was doing it back then right? Were you
0: writing white text on a white background brand
1: <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad it was a little bit <laughs> after that <laughs> but it was not terribly dissimilar it was like you know keyword stuffing and making sure you had the precise keyword that you had that you were targeting in an article so you're basically creating junk content just to game google more or less, it's, and it worked until it didn't, right? Yes, and until they to,
0: changed their algorithms and updated it. And they had, yeah. exactly,
1: yeah. And to Google's great credit, they did that. And many sites like ours, and I had a bunch of these little sites. They weren't all dropshipping sites. They were many of them were just like content content farms, basically. And I think what I learned was don't be inauthentic, mm. and that's something that stuck with me for so long. Like I knew what I was doing was wrong. Or wrong-ish, you know. But again, everybody was doing it, and that's not something I normally fall prey to in my life. But for some reason, I did, I did there. And looking back from the Brad Barrett of 2022, it's hard to imagine that me and whatever that year was, 2008, would be that inauthentic. But but I was, and it, it, you know, it but is. I what think it
0: is. you've had happy customers, so I'm assuming people were buying the firewood people, storage racks. People they were. were happy. Like so you're not being inauthentic because you're selling a product to a right. person who wants it, but you're using some grey tactics to reach a customer. Right. So I don't think it's as bad as you okay. say it is. Like <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I like sometimes you have to do things to reach a customer. Yeah. Sometimes you have to find people. And if the customer in the end is happy.
1: Yeah. No, that that that's thank you. That that is certainly a perspective that I I hadn't considered because in my mind's eye it was all negative. But you're absolutely right. I mean, we were selling these storage racks to happy customers all across the US and and they were getting what they paid for and they were getting it at a good price with good customer service. So there was there was there was good to it certainly. But uh but yeah, there was bad to it also. And and I think for me, <laughs> right? Like I picked up skills. I I again, as you said, I'm a CPA. I'm an accountant, but I was picking up rudimentary SEO skills, rudimentary HTML skills, which you know I, I, I'm certainly not a coder by any means, but I can go in and do the simplistic HTML even to this day, and it, you know good things like that. So there were there were lessons learned, but it kind of helped me springboard to the next thing, which was actually somewhat successful. Which. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: do you think those early experiments with websites did they actually bring in any kind of money or it was it just a learning experiment that led to the next experiment
1: yeah i mean yes they brought in some money but it, it was it was minimal but but again it was all just these little things like and i'm sure you've talked to people on on this podcast that remember that first that first mm-hmm. moment they earned income on the internet. Right. And like in and of itself, even if I had just earned $1 that it would have proven to me that I can do this. So, so yeah, there was that, but I mean, I remember I had a website, I think it was, I forget the precise domain name, but it was something like the nurse reference.com or something like that. It was <laughs> all these articles about like different nursing programs. I, I forget what it, what the exact domain was, but, uh, what was interesting, there was a keyword and for anybody, any enterprising person out there, I think it was LPN programs in NYC. So, uh, in New York city, so LPN, I guess is a type of, of nursing. That one article that I think I paid someone five or $10, I kid you not to write, made like two months running three or $400 a month, just from that one article, which was crazy. It just had Google AdSense. It had some, some Google traffic. And it earned some money and like that Alan was really cool. Like and it, it made me realize <laughs> you're gas that, that, that could, no, be, I right? love
0: it. I think it's incredible. Like you find that little thing, you write an article, you have, you're like, wow, there's a new world right. that's just opened up. And I think, I don't know. I'd love to understand because you're experimenting here, Brad. Yeah. And so many people in the world don't experiment. They don't try it. So What gave you the, and please take this in the right way, but what gave you the balls to try and buy a website to experiment, to write articles, to hire someone to write an article about nursing? Like, I love this. I applaud it massively. And I'm curious for everyone else out there. What inspired you? What gave you the courage to experiment? Yeah, I
1: it th- it's hard it's, you know it's hard to say i i think i just wanted so desperately a different life i want i didn't want to work that 9 to 5 and mm. we had you know this started getting into when when we had young daughters my my oldest was born almost 14 years ago at this point and this kind of coincided. don't coincides. that old Brad. what's that i don't like that you don't look that old <laughs> well thank you my friend uh and I just knew that I did not want to work that nine to five or eight to five or eight to six or whatever it had started turning into. And, and I just, I knew that I could do it. Like that was the thing. I knew that I could be a success if I just tried hard enough and learned as much as I could. And I, I said, like, I have time. I was fortunate to have some resources, right? I'd been saving money for a long time. I I knew I could test and experiment, And just keep giving it a go until something good happened. And and that's the cool thing. Like in this day and age, it's so easy to learn things. It's so inexpensive, but you have to want it. You have to care. You have to try. Right. And with YouTube and Google, you can literally learn anything. There is more anything. anything. There's more information than we could have imagined when you and I were, were growing up right? And it's, it is at your fingertips. So like that just always inspired me that, that I could do this. And, and I just, I kept after it, Alan, I kept, I just kept going. And again, I had, this was littered with failures along the way, (laughs) but it was littered also with, in the best sense, with learnings and picking up skills. And uh, it's this this phrase that we borrow from, uh, from Scott Adams, the author, the, the, the talent stack, right? And it's, okay, can you, can you pick up these various little skills? And you don't have to be world-class at any of them. But when you put together this stack of skills, you might be the only person in the world that is at, let's say, a 70th percentile. So not world-class. I mean, we're talking like above average. At these 20 different things, like I am a CPA, I'm a pretty analytical guy. I, the, and this kind of leads into my, like the first thing that I actually did take off with my entrepreneurial is, was travel rewards. So using mm-hmm. credit card rewards points to travel the world. So I think there's a decent likelihood that I was the only CPA in the world who was a travel rewards expert. Who also knew a little bit of SEO and HTML and website building and built a, a big network of friends and colleagues Like, and looked at a website, not just in terms of how many website visitors can I get, but can I potentially make this a hybrid business of real world and online? So that, Alan, was like the aha moment for me. Mm-hmm. So I have this website called richmondsavers.com, which is a horrible domain name, like <laughs> truly, truly horrible. And I mean, it sounds like a coupon blog from Richmond, Virginia. And it was just, we lived in Richmond. We save money. richmondsavers.com. That's Perfect. where we came up. with. Yeah. And again, I, I wound up putting together a trip to Disney World using travel rewards points. And my wife and I, we took our two young daughters at the time. And my parents came, my in-laws came and the three families went and each of us spent about a hundred dollars saved probably about 10 grand, 10,000 us dollars all told just by being smart, by planning for 18 months, basically to accumulate all these rewards points. And what I did was I put this together in an article and I did step-by-step, Hey, if our family can do it. You can too. You can too. Right. And like that to me was kind of another aha moment of that's what people are looking for. They're not looking for world-class experts. They're looking for that person who's like them to prove out that they can do it too. And that has followed through all the way to choose if I with, for me. So, uh, that's been a through line unquestionably, but, but anyway, going back to the travel awards is I put together this article, it wound up getting featured in the New York times, which was like the one wow. big, yeah, it was crazy. Like the one big break I've ever had. And of course my, <laughs> <laughs> my website goes down, it crashes and oh, and all this nice. other nonsense, but, but it got me enough people in the door where I said, okay, there's probably a way that I can that I can turn this into a business and I needed to think. And I look back to that talent stack and I said, okay, you're an accountant. Think about this. And this was in the days of Mr. Money Mustache. So I actually said to myself, Alan, which is funny, I said these words, I will never be Mr. Money Mustache getting millions of page views and visitors a month, never. But what can I do with my little trickle of traffic to turn this into a business? And my answer was, okay, look at lifetime value of customer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So with credit card signups, you they're pretty lucrative. You can make, I mean, depending on the credit card, you could make a hundred dollars or more sometimes as, as the, the website owner, certainly in those days, uh, for getting somebody to click on your link and sign up for a credit card. And I realized, okay, I can put together trips for people. And literally give them personalized, tailored trips. And theoretically, if they use my affiliate links for the next year, while they're planning out this trip and opening up cards, I can invest time in them once and they can click on my links for the next year or 18 months. So I literally, Alan, I kid you not, I was (laughs) a corporate tax manager at a, a fortune 500 level company and. I was at my lunch hour. I had noon calls and 1230 calls, 30 minute calls with random people who came to my website and I called it free travel rewards coaching. And I literally, these people got on the phone with me. Like they must've thought I was a lunatic, but I spoke with them. I answered all their questions and then I followed up with a written email with precise details of how they could take whatever trip they wanted to, whether it was Hawaii or Paris or Thailand or Disney. And obviously many people followed through many, many more certainly didn't. I wasn't like a hundred percent hit rate, but, but again, I looked at it as a business, okay, I'm offering this service for free, but there is lifetime value of customer potentially for this. And it was just so cool. And obviously this wasn't a massive success. I wasn't making tens of thousands of dollars a month, but you know, I was making a thousand or $2,000 a month. And, it, and it, I proved out that, hey, if you can do this on your lunch hour, there might be something there.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's the bit like you're doing that on your lunch hour and writing emails around it. And you've built this business and oh, that's phenomenal, Brad. I absolutely love that. And that was actually the first time we came across you was Katie and I were going to Chautauqua in twenty fifteen and I think you were the down as the travel rewards person yeah. for Chautauqua and we messaged you and said, We're from England. Can you help us?
1: <laughs> and you you
0: replied, you tried to help us. Basically yeah. travel rewards in the UK was pretty useless at that point. Yeah. Um it's not at all like the site, uh like the states.
1: It, it, yeah, it's interesting because I remember back then with Chautauqua, I was so enthralled with the idea of Chautauqua and at that point in my journey, my financial independence journey, it just, it seemed like a bridge too far for me. Like it was, it was very expensive. I wanted my wife to go and, and, but I wanted to be involved. And I actually reached out to JL Collins and offered that help to see if I could help people, uh, who were on, who were going on the trip. And it was cool. I did that for years. And so it was really full circle. When a couple of years ago, you guys invited me to speak. At the Greece Chautauqua. So yeah, that was that was a very, very cool moment for me.
0: Yeah, what a venue that was, overlooking the Aegean Sea, <laughs> you and Jonathan delivering your talk. What a yeah, what amazing. a week that was. Um so going back to the entrepreneurial bit here, you've got a full time job, you're making money on the side. Like, is this now exp- sort of speeding up your progress to fi what how is what's this effect on your life your time your finances how is it being effective
1: yeah yeah and it's interesting because this goes back to at the intro when you said my wife katie would say it's not binary right like (laughs) it's so interesting how my entire journey is really intertwined my whole fi journey is intertwined with entrepreneurship and it's funny because i don't necessarily conceptualize myself as as that true blue entrepreneur, but but I guess when I talk to you and I realize oh wow it really is like that is again it's a through line for, for this entire journey because it's been almost it's at least a decade probably almost 15 years since I started that very first site. So uh it has been an ever-present and yeah it, it's interesting how it kind of all it all move forward i guess from that point of that the travel rewards so like i said i was making a a little bit of money you know and nobody's gonna sneeze at making a thousand dollars a month right like that seemed like an astronomical (laughs) amount of money for me making online i mean for just my time it didn't cost anything so but but i i had this inkling that it could be something more right and and that's why it's all tied together with leaving my full-time job and building something else and thinking that I could, that I could make this happen. So it's hard for me to pick apart, Alan, like the exact answer to your question, but like, it's all tied together because obviously a thousand dollars a month is going to help anybody's fight journey. I, I was never making that much money. I never made at my regular job, even though again, I was a CPA, I never made six figures, so, I mean, never, so making. $12,000 $12,000 extra a year or whatever it was. I and mean, that's a significant phenomenal. amount, yeah. right? So so by definition, because our savings rate was pretty significant as it was, just adding that on top of it was at minimum an extra 10% to my savings rate, probably more like 15, 20%. So yeah, I mean, that helped dramatically for, for those couple of years in, in those early years. And then, yeah, I mean, it all, it all kind of came to a head. I think it was... It's hard to remember the exact timeline at this point. I think it was early 2015. So I was like I had said, my wife and I had been saving money for the better part over a decade since we graduated college wow. and we we're natural savers. So we were well on our way to five. We were not five, though. Let's let's be clear. Like we were not fi. By the technical definition of twenty-five times, you know, yeah, the the rule of thumb of of four percent rule, right? Were you the sort of fifty
0: percent of the way there? Were you?
1: I half, think we were we were over fifty like percent. It, it's yeah. hard to remember precisely, but I I would say we were somewhere between sixty and seventy-five percent of the way to fly, approximately. That's phenomenal, yeah, yeah. So we were like well in our way, um, but you know, again at that point, I had this little side hustle that was that was doing something. And I just thought there was more. And it, it was funny because it, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back of I didn't have the guts to leave my full-time job. I just, I couldn't burn the boats, as they say, even though I, <laughs> I wanted to. Alan, I wanted to so desperately. But it's it's just not in my nature. That's just not how I'm how I'm wired, unfortunately. But what happened was, and it it almost sounds petty in hindsight, but it was just I, I didn't love the environment at, at my company and my department. And one day the VP of the department said, okay, remember when you all had to come in at eight 30 in the morning, that was start time. Well, now it's 8. AM just out of nowhere for nothing. It was like the epitome of the BS FaceTime nonsense that so much of corporate America and, and corporations all across the world, I'm sure, uh, deal to or uh, these blows to their employees, like. FaceTime for nothing. It was just, you have to work an extra two and a half hours this week for no reason. We're not looking. There's, there's no extra work. There's no nothing. It was just, you have to physically be in this building. And again, like I said, it was just the straw that broke the camel's back for me where within two weeks of that, I had conceptualized an idea for a new business. I found a business partner. (laughs) I kid you not. And I put in my notice at my job. So yeah, this was January of 2015. We came up with an idea to basically kind of scale that travel rewards coaching. So I created a website called travelmiles101.com. So 101. And like I said, found a a partner who I was an accountant in Richmond, Virginia. He was a cardiologist in Portland, Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) The obvious choice, the obvious choice, perfectly obvious. But he he was a buddy of mine who had a personal finance site. I knew he was into travel rewards. He was more gung ho about it than I was. Mm. And we just made a good team and we created this, this course we called it. So back then it was kind of a novel idea, but. Now we know it just as an email autoresponder in essence, it's nothing revolutionary now with the benefit of hindsight in 2022, but in 2015, this didn't exist for people in travel rewards. world. you needed to kind of piece it all together. And I spent hundreds or thousands, potentially up to a thousand hours trying to learn this and figure out, is this real, can I do this? Are other people like me doing this? And again, that goes back to, you don't have to be the world-class expert because we decidedly were not world-class experts at Travel Awards. We were good, but we weren't world-class experts. But what we were were regular people. We were regular, regular people with normal jobs that you can relate to. And we were able to do this for our families and take one to two nearly free vacations a year. And we were able to teach people. So we came up with this course and It just came out every single day. I mean, that very first time, Alan, I was literally writing the lesson that was going out the next morning and like furiously posting it. I think it was MailChimp back then was the email service we used and like posting it to MailChimp and hoping that I could finish it. And there were no typos and it would go out the next morning to a couple hundred people and, uh, that existed like that course that we, that we created in January of 2015 and February, because like I said, it was a just-in-time kind of kind of <laughs> process. That still exists to a large degree. There's, there are still words, many, many words that were written in January and February of 2015 that are in that course today. And in the subsequent years, I think we've put over 50,000 people through that free email course Whoa. or 50,000 plus people have signed up for it, certainly. So, uh, it was just, it was really cool. And, you know, we realized, okay. And again, you can scale that, right? You can scale sending out emails all across the country and world potentially. And it doesn't matter when somebody signs up for it, they get this, this email autoresponder. And we created a Facebook group and we had support us, a whole group of moderators and people from the community. So it felt like a community project, which was really cool. And yeah, again, I couldn't scale my own time, 30 minutes right. at a time, but you can scale something like that.
0: What a journey. What a journey. Mm -hmm. And I know what you're saying about the, the, you can't leave the job. Sometimes it takes someone to do something to you to make it happen. And the few times things have happened to me, I've got fired. Uh, And then that like, oh, my life has changed. I better do something with it. Whereas I think, yeah, I'd love to say to everyone listening to this, you don't have to wait for the boss to come in and say 8am is the new start time, or you're fired. <laughs> you can start alongside, you can start in different ways. Um, but I think, yeah, humans, we're not always great risk takers. And we just yeah. sit where we are and wait for someone else to kick us out of the comfort <laughs> zone.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. And And I guess the one thing I will say to my credit there though I, again I conceptualize myself as oh I didn't have the guts to do it but but I had the guts to start that business mm-hmm. right and I I had built it and again it was this little thing but it was I just I knew I had proved it out to myself that this was real and that I could make this into something that was actually legitimate and was a business so it, it didn't it didn't feel risky to me at that point, leaving my very comfortable job. Though if you ask my wife, right, she would say <laughs> this was a huge risk. She was scared to death. And and that's not to blame her, obviously. Like in my mind's eye, I was I was scared too at that then. But because it, it's very hard to leave comfort, right? It it just is. And it's hard to leave that paycheck. And it was pretty cool that again, I my last day of my job was January 31st, 2015. And this travel miles 101. The very first email went out the next day, February 1st, 2015. So it's, uh, it's wild. It is absolutely wild thinking back on that.
0: A couple of things to build on what you've said. The first is an expression we use at rebel business school all the time, that everything you want in life is outside your comfort zone. Otherwise you'd already have it. Like if we were comfortable just going to do it, we would have done it. Um, So, you've got to get uncomfortable to do it. And I think what I love about your story is you did it in this low risk. I'm just going to try it with this, just do it this way. I'm going to test. And making a one to two thousand a month before you quit your job, like that must have been a decent amount towards your living expenses, if not covering a lot of them before you even make the decision to leave.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it absolutely was, and it's funny. I'll have to go back and check my financial statements now. I hope <laughs> I, I fear that I might be overstating it. I'm not sure I ever made $2,000 a month, but but it was it was somewhere in that vicinity. It yes. was it was a nice nice bit of, of of side hustle income, and and yeah, when your life doesn't cost that much, I think that's another part of the financial independence journey. Is yes, it's not to live a life of deprivation. Obviously, you and I we do not live lives of of deprivation at all. Right. I live a life of abundance. I know you, you do as well, obviously. And, but you can do that and be smart. And that, that's another thing is like, it's always seemed like this fun game to me is how can I live the same middle or upper middle-class lifestyle as everybody else around me, but still save 30, 50, 70% of my income at the same time. Like it always just felt, it felt like this cheat code to life and I think that's a cool aspect of when your life doesn't cost that much, it's so much easier to take these quote unquote risks, right? Because you don't need a massive success. You don't need a venture backed startup. That's making tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars. Like you don't need to win the lottery, right? When your life costs 40 or $50,000 a year, making four grand a month from your formerly side hustle. That can cover it, right? That, that is a really interesting thing that goes unnoted a lot of times, but this entrepreneurship is so much easier when you don't have to hit a grand slam in those first couple months when, right. And you can test this out on the side. Like I did. I, I think my journey is if I could do it again, I would do something very similar. I would prove it out. I would do it on my own time. I would put in the sweat equity. I wouldn't invest a lot of money and I would just, I would see, can I make this happen? And yeah, it's, uh, it it was, it made that transition a whole lot easier for me mentally, knowing like my own kind of mental limitations with, with taking risks.
0: And if you don't have the overheads, if you don't have to pay out for an office, you don't have to pay back a loan. You don't have any of those overheads and you're making a couple of grand a month, but that actually like it's a decent amount. Even today in 2022, it's a decent amount to be able to get going. And it's magic what you can do with it if you live frugally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, agreed. Agreed. Agreed.
0: Building on one of the things you said about the uh, the course going out every day. Uh, a couple of years ago at the beginning of lockdown, Katie and I created Rebel Finance School.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
0: And we put it out there into the world. And we just thought we'd do it an experiment and... I think like 400 people signed up for the first course and we were blown away. Uh, then we had to deliver it. And <laughs> it was every Monday night. So like the first one we wrote up until the Monday and then delivered it. And then the next day you're starting on the next course for the next Monday. Yeah. Um, but I, it sounds risky, but we put in the time, we made it happen. And I think there's nothing wrong with building it as you go. Like sell it, see if someone wants it, if they do, build it as you go. I think what you did is magic. Yeah. Like, why waste the time writing that entire course if no one ever signs up for it?
1: Yeah, and that's a lesson you've brought to our podcast, to the Choose of I podcast, so many times, right? Is is you can you can prove out, like ask those people for their credit card, right? Everybody's <laughs> yes. gonna tell you your idea is great. Right. And this is obviously a little bit different than than my scenario where I was giving out a free course right so so it's a you're getting an email
0: address someone's still giving you something someone is still yeah you're still asking for something
1: and we had to prove out i remember back then we went in the mr money mustache forums so it's it's interesting how again this this through line of of the financial independence world like i wanted to help people like us we actually called it the first version of travel miles 101 we called it miles for mustachians (laughs) I kid you not. That was the very first month was miles for mustachians 101. So uh, it's pretty wild, but yeah. And, and again, as you said, like you can, you can prove out that model, whether you have a paid course or you're building something or creating something, whatever it is, or food, I think is something you've talked about, like a pop-up, a pop-up restaurant, like you can sell that. Before it even exists. And then you don't have to like go through all the time. If I created this course and then there were crickets, there was nobody there. Like I would have been so mad at myself. Right. But doing it this way, we got a couple hundred people to sign up for it. And then the pressure is on in a good way to create something, right? Like nothing Nothing motivates you like that deadline of there are literally 200 people waiting, <laughs> for this waiting. Email yeah. <laughs> tomorrow morning. I've got to get this thing done. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a very cool time. It really was.
0: Yeah. Cause I guess like, I've just taken on the project to write a book. And if you are writing a book, there's no one waiting for it per se. Like it takes as long as it takes. So then days can go by between the different bits. But if you've got hundreds of people lined up to sp- <laughs> to read it, to listen to it, to whatever it is next week. There is a pressure that comes from that commitment (laughs) that there is a magic in that, I think, of committing to a date. And I don't know if I've ever talked about this with you or even on the show. One of the things Katie and I have learned over the years is the power of making things happen comes with a date in the diary. Uh, We would call it diary in the UK it's not where i write like what no, happened i to exactly. me each day uh calendar, calendar. schedule yeah. schedule um <laughs> it's one of those things <laughs> yeah, you yeah. write it in and it's there and you've got other people waiting for you and we set the date for this podcast or actually you chose the date from my calendly and then it's in there and it's happening and i think that magic of like putting a date on it, putting a time and having someone else to hold you accountable, whether they're waiting for it, I would, there is huge power in that for everyone listening to this. If you've been procrastinating on something, put a date in the diary with another physical human that you respect and don't want to let down in the diary and commit to it.
1: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I I find when I want to connect with somebody, and oh, I'll call you. I'll call you later this week. <laughs> that's right? never like, going to happen. Invariably, yeah, it <laughs> never happens, it, and it, you just keep pushing it off, pushing it off, or something comes up. But if you have that date in the diary or on the Google Calendar, whatever we want to call it, <laughs> it's there, right? And I, I don't want to let somebody down. I'm going to call them, of course. That's on the calendar, and yeah, I agree. And and there is something about accountability, just in general. I, I find, I, I like to think I'm internally motivated, but, but. There is that motivation of of somebody is expecting this of you. So yeah, I know that that has helped me dramatically and and it comes down to also podcasting, right? I mean, when you have for us, we have a podcast coming out every Monday. We're putting that thing out. So whether that means we're recording it Sunday night and it's getting quickly edited, I mean, we're not quite that bad, but (laughs) if, if, if stuff came up we We would do it. it would have to get out, right, so people are expecting it, so there's there's definitely something to that now
0: so talking about the podcast choose f i uh how did you transition <laughs> so travel rewards you've quit your job, you've building the travel rewards one o one business. it's starting to go well. Yeah. at what point in there did you get to financial independence? Did that change your behavior? Did you have one more year syndrome? Like mm-hmm. what happened?
1: Yeah, well, this is uh, this is another interesting aspect. And I, I'd love to almost get your opinion at just as a, somebody else building businesses on the path to FI. It's like, I, we reached that point of FI, like the technical definition of 25 yes. times our expenses somewhere over the last handful of years, five to seven years. But- because my businesses are earning some money, I've never, I've never had to draw down. There has literally never been a time where we've where we've drawn down for that month's monthly expenses. So that's not to say I haven't had to take money, you know, obviously nor- life yeah. happens or whatever it is, but but for normal expenses, my businesses do cover that. So so yeah, it's a weird intersection in that sense of financial independence and entrepreneurship. So I've never like internalized myself, even though I know intellectually I'm, I'm at FI, I almost feel like an imposter in that sense, (laughs) Even though it's silly, right? It's like ridiculous, but I do feel like an imposter in that I'm not doing the traditional drawdown and living off my investments. But I know that's preposterous because part of my FI journey, as we've talked about these first 40 minutes is it's so inextricably tied True entrepreneurship, and so I've never had one more year syndrome. It's again, I, I try going harkening back all the way to Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. Like that was my my inspiration. Of I don't want to build myself another sixty or eighty-hour week job. That's not the goal, though. Again, if you ask my wife, she would say I, I, I do spend a lot of time, but but like travel miles, one one still operates in the background here. But if I spend one or two hours on it a month, that's a lot, to be honest. And I probably spend well less than that on, on many months and, and it doesn't make as much money as it used to certainly because I've, I I frankly have neglected it to a large degree and I haven't tried to keep growing it, but, but it still provides a value to the world, right? It's that course is great. It's free. It's available. We have a Facebook group with, I forgot, 25, 30,000 people in it and a whole bunch of knowledgeable moderators that, that kind of make this thing hum along and it's really cool. And so I didn't build myself another job. I built myself really passive income or as close as you can get in in this world a lot of the passive income and I'd be curious your thought on this is it, it's kind of fool's gold everybody's always <laughs> looking for oh passive income real estate is passive income well it's well, not, not so it's, a yeah, it's a it's
0: business it's a business toilets break tenants leave you right. have to do work you um, have to get
1: new homeowner's insurance that so you need to be on the phone for an hour and a half and you have to mail a check or get something certified like that's not to say it's as hard as a a regular traditional business, but, but very few things are passive, truly passive. So like if, if anybody out there is looking, you know, listening and looking for truly passive income, I think you need to be more realistic with setting your sights. And, And that's not to say entrepreneurship isn't great, but because it is great genuinely but I think a lot of people get caught up on that passive income and it's, it is so fleetingly rare, but I guess in my, (laughs) in my specific case, I did build something that, that is as close to that as, as can be. But you know, I've kind of obviously morphed over the last five years into this choose a pie podcast and business. And, and when you're growing something that's, that's taking off, you put in a lot of time, just even thinking and brainstorming. Right. So I mean, I I spend probably more time on Chusevi than I probably want to in an ideal world, <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. But uh, but it's great. I mean, it's hard. It, it's like when I say something like that, I I feel almost guilty in the sense that it's so interesting. I never thought I would have this opportunity to make a positive difference in the world, and it's it's just so it's really wonderful. Like it's genuinely wonderful knowing that me talking into a microphone in richmond virginia can actually make a difference in people's lives so it it never ceases to amaze me even 500 episodes and five years on here it it's just it's hard it it is hard to fathom and i don't say that like all shucks or in a naive way it's just like it's very hard to fathom to this day so uh you know and i still enjoy it so it's uh You know, that's kind of where we are, I guess. I don't know (laughs) if I answered your question there, but it's a, there's there's no like quick answer, unfortunately, to any of this. stuff. No.
0: Well, I would like to pick up on the passive income thought because I have this scale in my head that I've taught a few times of, I've called it pacificity, which Mm. is probably completely the wrong word, but how passive is your thing? And on one end of the scale is building a business and you're putting all of your time in, you're growing it, you're giving it everything. Um, And then you've probably got down from that slightly a corporate job (laughs) where you do actually go home and switch off a little bit sometimes. Uh, And then sort of down the scale, down the scale, you've got property. And you've got property whether you manage it. And then further down the scale, you've got property that someone else manage. The reason we chose to manage our properties is we got a better return if we managed them ourselves. So if I went and fixed the toilet, it was far cheaper than calling a plumber and I didn't have to give 10% to an agent to manage it. So we did it all ourselves, but that makes it more of a business and less passive. And the only truly passive thing that I have found has been the index funds. Mm. Because I basically just look at the figure once a month and then do nothing. Uh, And it seems to grow. It's dropped a little bit now, but in general over time, it always goes up. Um, And I think the stages of a business, you start it, you put in so much time and effort. And to build a passive income, the clue is in the world build. (laughs) You have to actively create, do work, and make it. And you have to work very hard at the start for something that might produce income, later on yeah but it's not guaranteed
1: no it's definitely not guaranteed and also things yeah i've noticed with with my businesses and and this stands to reason is when i take my attention away they do start to wither to some degree right and 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 that (laughs) that makes sense and if you want to keep growing something and so yeah it's this it's this interesting kind of give and take right you clearly building i agree with you wholeheartedly i mean that was I, I call it almost like front-loading the sacrifice. So most of, most of the work and effort and sacrifice is in that building stage. And, and for me, at least then it's like, okay, is this a go, no go or make or break Mm -hmm. and once I've realized, okay, this, there's something here, then you keep building and then it gets, then it gets to that point of another inflection point. Do I let this kind of run? Is there a way that I can transition myself out of this? where it still is doing, doing something valuable, maybe, or maybe earning some money though, not as much as it could have, right. Had I continued to put the pedal to the metal and, and try to grow this, but there's, oh, like I said, there's always that give and take. So had I wanted travel miles, one one to be as big as the points guy or, or sites like that, I don't know if we ever would, I mean, maybe, right. I mean, we had a very specific audience of again normal people families all across America trying to use travel rewards and i think there's a big audience there and it just got to the point where i said that i just this isn't what i'm looking for i'm not looking for constant growth so i think sometimes i look back and say i wonder was that the right the right decision frankly cuz i could have turned that into a many many multiple million dollar business yeah but what
0: would you have done with that money brad like you'd still be living in the same house you'd still be travel hacking around the country (laughs) like it's interesting there is a stage where you go you're just making money for money's sake and you're exchanging your time for something that doesn't assist you i think in the early days like every hour you can put in to get money back makes a huge difference in your life and then it transitions as you get closer to Phi, And I think even if you'd have built the points guy and you'd be making millions and millions of dollars, I'm not sure you'd be leading a very different life.
1: Now that's, that is fair. I I like the perspective here, Alan. This is like uh, a nice uh, (laughs) business, business therapy for me. so many years after. So thank you. (laughs) Uh,
0: So this has been phenomenal. Thank you for sharing your story so generously. Um, I think what I'd love to ask from you is we have a bunch of people who are all different stages on their financial independence journey, but there's mostly people listening to this podcast who are on their entrepreneurial journey journey, and they're trying things, they're failing, they're testing, they're experimenting. From your experience, what could you give them to give them the energy to keep experimenting despite failing, to keep going despite things going wrong, to keep trying? What could you give them, Brad?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just that it's worth it. It, It's exciting. There are so many things you can learn though. It's such a great big world out there. And I know I have just, my life has been enriched immeasurably because of my entrepreneurial journey. In terms of the skills that I've picked up, the things that I've tried that I never thought I would. The connections that I've made, I mean that's a massive aspect of this too is is just making friends and colleagues and people you want to see succeed and who want to help you succeed. right it, it's you look at there's so much negativity around around networking. and for good reason, a lot of it is that that glad handing you know bs of handing out business cards and and you know that you can picture that person, right? But I think a lot of my success has come from building genuine connections. And I can point to very specific times where I met Brandon, the mad scientist who we helped each other grow our own travel rewards sites or portions of our sites. And, and that was fantastic. And that didn't start because we were looking to make money. It started because we had a lot in common and we became friends, right? And. It's just, it's really cool when you look at this journey to Phi and you can also look at it as this constant, constantly evolving, I don't know, it, just entity. It, it's like, the, I think of it almost as like this, this like malleable blob. I know this sounds weird, Alan, and I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but like- I love it, do it. There's, there's so much there to just experiment with. And it all ties together as, as I see on my journey. Of course you can have the standard, the standard path to five, just a high savings rate and, and all this stuff. But to me, this is just, it's so much more fun and because you can experiment for nothing like I did before, way before I knew about you and, and all the brilliant things you teach, Alan, and I mean, all of your, the pillars of the rebel mindset, right, is you can build a business for virtually nothing. You can test, you can iterate, you can see if this is real, you can get people to pay you before you've ever done anything, invested any money. Like it's so brilliant. It's such a game changer. So then you're only limited by your imagination and by your time and your willingness to do something, to take a chance. So why not take a chance? I, I just I I think it's just so exciting. And I think, I think, just like we always say at Choose of High, is It's fine to take in information. It's all well and good. And you do enrich your life, but you have to take action. You just have to, you need to get up off the couch and you need to take action to make your life better. And I think listening to Alan's podcast and then putting it into practice, that's, that's a path. And I think it's a really, really valuable and viable one.
0: I don't think I could have said it better myself, Brad. (laughs) Why not take a chance? If you're listening to this, why not take a chance? Do it. Reach out. Make it happen. Uh, Brad, you are a legend. If people listening to this wanted to dig into Choose FI but they kind of got put off by how many episodes you've got. <laughs> is there one one where you would recommend they have a little listen to start? Other than obviously the ones that uh, feature some random British person called Donovan. Yes,
1: yes. Our, our British friend, Alan. Uh, yeah. So our kind of welcome to the Phi community is way back in episode 100. It's uh, it still holds up. It's from a couple years ago. But but if you're looking for just a general overview, and and our messaging has been updated since then, but it but it's probably ninety-five percent in line. So episode 100 of choose a fi. And I guess another way, I actually send out an email every Tuesday. So it's called I call it the Fi Weekly, and it's just it's a little bit of inspiration. It's just a couple little things that I picked up over the week, quotes or books that I'm reading, whatever it may be. And also most importantly, actions that the community has taken, right? So I ask every single week, just hit reply and tell me what you've done to make your life better this week. And I feature those every single week. So if you're looking for inspiration that other people are doing this too, this five weekly, it's, it's the most fun thing that I do all week. So anyway, choose a com slash subscribe, and that'll take you very directly to getting my email.
0: Fantastic. Mr. Brad Barrett of ChooseFI, you are a legend. Thank you for coming on The Rebel Entrepreneur. And to those listening, why not take a chance?
1: Heck yeah. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. Uh, I am grateful that you've joined us on this journey. And as you know, the podcast is mainly about building debt free businesses. However, there is a huge percentage of the podcast is about the mindset, how you think about life, how you make things happen, and how you do things. And I've begun to realize over the years that. Yes, there's some nuances to building different businesses. However, it's the mindset and the energy and the way you think about things and the way you do things that makes the difference. So that being said, Katie, my wife, My business partner, Simon, and I have decided to create a brand new course that we are giving away for the 10 year celebration of Rebel Business School. Yes, the podcast is three years old, but the business that it was created after is 10 years old this year. And to celebrate, we have created the Extraordinary Life course. And the whole purpose is to give you the tools, techniques, mindset and ideas to help you set up for the most extraordinary 2023. And I don't care what your version of extraordinary is, what you want to achieve, whether it's building a business, having an incredible trip, becoming nomadic, working on financial independence, losing weight, being healthy. I don't care what it is you want to achieve. This course is designed to give you the ideas and tools to get going. So please join us as we would be honoured and delighted to help you make 2023 the most extraordinary year yet. All you need to do is sign up. The tickets, as always, are free. No one has ever paid to come on a rebel business school, a rebel finance school, and they're not going to start on our new stuff now. So all you need to do is sign up at allandonegan.com forward slash extraordinary. That's allandonegan.com forward slash extraordinary. And we will help you set up, work out what you want for next year and set up how to get it.